0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey Jim. Hi Brian. Good to see you again. You too. We're going to jump right into the topic in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to just direct everybody to practicalshepherding.com. Tons of resources there. And also, if you have not left a review and you I- haven't and on iTunes. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, just, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I reviewed our own. No, no, but, no, no, not you. But, I mean, I mean, you. I mean, you, the listener. You as in the listener. If you haven't as in the listener, <laughs> you should go to iTunes right now and go and – or maybe after this episode to go well, and – Maybe
1: we're so obnoxious with this now you don't want
0: to uh, – Maybe we're going to protest. But either way, you should go and write a review for us. It just helps us get some feedback. Uh, it helps us to grow, get – Uh, and do this as best we can. But thanks for those who have supported us doing this. We've been doing this for several years now, and many of you are faithful listeners. We're, in all seriousness, we're grateful for you. And um, let us know how we can serve you in whatever way we can. So if you go to the website, you can go to the contact page, and you can reach out to us in any way we can serve you. Please let us know, including any topics you want us to cover on this podcast. Speaking of, we're going to cover today something that actually a couple people wrote in and asked us about when we put this out there for what they would like for us to see us uh, address on this podcast. Today we want to talk about how do we uh, create a culture really in our churches of being open, honest, uh, vulnerable with one another. Uh, How do we cultivate that with our people towards us as pastors? Mm -hmm. How do we then teach and encourage other people to be in, in each other's lives in that way and to be mm-hmm. open with one another. So creating a culture of honesty, safety, in a sense, uh, openness within our churches. This isn't—I mean, obviously, we had a couple people ask us about this because this is something that I'm convinced people really long for. But let's be honest. Most churches, I would say, don't do this well. Many churches do not feel safe. Whether they're safe or not, That that's a different conversation. I think because a lot of church people have been hurt in church, it makes people hesitant to engage in that way again. Mm-hmm. Churches are full of broken sinners and who hurt each other and and need care and all those kinds of things. Pastors have hurt other people in the church, so there's there's all kinds of casualties around this. And how do we so how do we talk about this? Let's start just from a biblical framework, Jim, of, of trying to think about uh, pastors wanting to lead in this way and ways we can maybe facilitate this in our churches. How do we think about this biblically first as we dive into this?
1: We're really talking Brian about cultivating such a relationship with the Lord's people that they again feel safe in disclosing their struggles Personal, or their difficulties yep. or their hurts. Right. And so I think that that is is founded upon several things and and one of them is is first of all there's there, there is a matter of relationship. And John 10, shepherds care for sheep. They lay down their life for the sheep. And so that sheep needs to be confident that this pastor loves me. And I think that's going to develop over a period of time. He genuinely cares. He's genuinely invested so that when he says, hey, how you doing? You know, it's not just a a, a common uh, courtesy as you walk by. Like, no, I'm really wanting to know how you're doing. I think they need to be confident, secondly, in your integrity. Uh, so, first of all, in your affections, but secondly, in your integrity. And, and by that, I mean a couple of things. And one of the things I mean by that is that you're not going to exploit their vulnerability. Right. You're not going to, all of a sudden, they're going to find that anytime they talk with you, you've got a new sermon illustration. Mm. No, I'm not going to say who it is, but we've got one of our members. i was standing in the
0: back at this time, talking to this person yeah, last week. Right.
1: And-, and you may have noted me talking to them, <laughs> and boy, they were blubbering a good bit. And without getting into all the details, and Sheila, you don't mind if I share this now, do you? <laughs> Well, you want to think, you know, so, you know, you got to have the integrity that they know that you're not going to be blabbing their, their situation. Maybe we can talk at some point. I've been asked about the issue of pastor sheep confidentiality. Yeah. You know, so what if they confess they murdered somebody or are you allowed to, you know, they've got like something they've seen in a movie or something. Right. Right. You're a priest. You're not allowed to tell, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm committing adultery uh, with my against my wife. I sure hope you won't say anything. You know that that kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. I'm talking about in general matters that somebody is struggling, somebody's hurting, yep. somebody's feeling very vulnerable, and, and, and that they know that you're not you're not going to you're not going to use it against them. You're not going to use it. Uh, in in an open way, you're not going to gain power over them through it. Well, now that I know about you, you're beholden to me in some way. So they need to feel, I think they need to feel safe in that. And then I think thirdly, they need to have some knowledge of your competence. And that is that you're not just every time they share something like, oh, wowzers, I have no idea, you know, that you are schooled in the scriptures I mean, you're going to reach certain things. Somebody's going to say something that's going to make you do that. Mm. But generally, you're schooled in the Scriptures. You have an ability to open the Word and to be able to share with them some comfort from God's Word, some light, some direction upon their path.
0: You hit hit on some really important things. And to summarize, though, that I'm struck by what you're sharing, is that the starting place to create this culture and to have these kind of relationships has to start with the pastor Mm-hmm. connecting to his people right. in those ways. And I think that's the pl- first place we have to start. And I think one of the frustrations that pastors have in this area is it takes longer to do this than we like. Right, Like we wished in 12 months, 18 months, two years... All this is going to be, you know, our people feel very comfortable. They trust us. They trust all the things that you just said. But actually what you articulated, in my opinion, takes five plus years to establish Mm -hmm. in a church. Now pastors don't want to hear that because they're thinking, well, what am I supposed to do for five years if, (laughs) if I don't have that kind of trust yet and people don't connect with me in that way? Well, actually that's what you're doing in those five years. You're establishing that trust. You're establishing that you're a safe person to come to. The other thing I would throw out there, in light of what you just shared, uh, all, all those excellent things, is that none of this gets accomplished without a pastor having the ability to be empathetic. Mm. And so Very many good. pastors don't know how to be empathetic. And so we want our people to come to us and talk to us. And we like give time to talk with them. We hear what's going on. We listen. Uh, but if you don't have the ability to emotionally connect with another human being and they're hurt, Um, it's going to be hard for them to connect with you in those ways, oftentimes I've found. So it's not just about giving the time. It's not just about kind of doing all the things right. But there's an organic piece to this that we have to be mindful of or or it gets stuck. We, We don't actually cross that bridge where someone really opens up to us and trusts us with whatever hard thing they want to share with us.
1: I want to add to this, Brian, I think an important element of this is... We're talking to some degree up to this point, about reactive pastoring, and that is they come to us, right right. There's also that proactive where you see something, recognize something, maybe you, maybe you're with a couple and you just recognize every every time they're there, she is her eyes are down, she's. He's belittling her in some way, you know, whatever it is, or or vice versa. You see something that's a sign that something's unhealthy here. They're, they they may not ever come to you, mm-hmm. but that you're going to go to them, or that you have suspicions that maybe you know there's just something about maybe the way they can be getting to some very delicate issues. You, you you have some idea. Something is said, uh, and maybe this woman has some abuse in her background. Yeah and or that this young guy has said something so the guys you know young guy says something like um when you say hey how you doing goes, oh, you know uh, you know overall okay been struggling a little bit generally you have some idea okay most likely it's a purity issue most likely there's a lust issue there's a pornography issue there may be, there's a something said there that he's given some coded language hmm. that you might need to then wisely probe and i would add to that and this is a hard, This can be a hard, harder for some men than for others. Is learn to ask good questions. Yeah, right. Um, that was said of Martin Lloyd Jones when he was a doctor that he 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 could assess far more through question and answer than he would with a stethoscope or hmm. yeah looking into somebody's ears yeah because he a sense okay if you're in tune with your own self and your own body and he could very accurately diagnose through a series of questions yeah and so to ask good questions and not just you know safe surface questions a lot but to begin to 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 get into yeah you know, so you really you know i you, you you just strike me as a you know, i've i may be wrong uh i don't see as much joy i've, I've you look burdened you know and i always, I always want to say i'm oh, no, fine 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 you know, some people are very bad at their facade. Some people are very bad at their masks. Yes, yeah, sure. You know. So we said earlier, Brian and I said there was a preacher who said recently that I don't know why so many churchmen are complaining about wearing masks. He says y'all have been wearing them for years. You know. Yeah, that's and hard. And, and and it is. You know, there there can be that, and and we can do that. Well, yeah. we're fine. You know, we're fine. Yeah, we're always fine, Brian. We we always have to be fine. We're we, we're not we're never distressed or sad or struggling or hurting or fighting a sin, not us, you know? So some of our own vulnerability may come into that as
0: well, well, that people realize you're real, you're human, you, you understand. Yeah. So you're making a great point in that so much of this starts with how we publicly show up in the church. So to your point you made earlier, I mean, you are mocking the guy who uses people as examples without per- their permission and in inappropriate ways, but like how you handle things like that, even when you're preaching, will communicate to somebody whether I'm safe. This is a safe person I can share something with, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're a pastor that's known as doing that, you're you you are you are harming yourself to be able to get people to open up to you, because you're demonstrating to them you're maybe not safe. Because right. I may say something to you that I don't care if you share it as an example in code. You're, you're still <laughs> willing to talk about what we, you know what we talked about. So, you know, that's a that's a problem. The other thing is, and this is why I advocate, I think pastors should share openly, publicly, about their own life and about their own struggles. I mean, appropriately, mm-hmm. but don't you agree that that opens, that lets people know, wow, he he struggles like I do. Like, he gets discouraged like I do. He feels right. anxiety like I do. Yeah, right. And it, and it creates this opportunity to connect with people in that way, too.
1: I agree. Elijah was a man of, of like passions, and that yep. gives you all kinds of encouragement. When somebody is able to say, well, because, yeah, you're drawn and attracted to people that that have something of that openness yeah. to them, that vulnerability to and, them.
0: And I also appreciate the the Lloyd-Jones reference and asking the good question because as we kind of move to, okay, so how, you know, how do we do this? And what are some just snippets of practical things we can try to facilitate this? One of the things I would say is in the midst – you talk about just asking good questions and learning through those questions – I would want to word it uh, in this way. There is a difference between engaging someone in conversation and being inviting and being pushy. And and I think there's a fine line we have to try to figure out with that. Uh, you, you can stand back and just kind of wait for people to tell you, but a lot of times people want to almost well, – they want to know that you want to know what's going mm-hmm. on with them. And at the same time, you can be intrusive by being too – Pushy yep, about it, right? So I would, I like that language of be inviting. So, and I think you demonstrated that in the examples you gave. You know, to ask them, oh, "I'm fine," and that's kind of how they always respond. But you've just seen being an observant, pastor, and realizing something else is going on. And it may not be Sunday morning after the service when you right. do this, but to go to them and say, "Hey, you know," so I just want you to know, you, you've you've looked discouraged, or you look like something else is going on. I just want you to know, I, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. Um. I'm glad to talk with you. If you would, if you would like to meet and talk sometime, but only if you would like, you know, to. That's an invitation to me. It's right. not. Tell me what's going on. You know, right? I mean? Or just, social
1: media. Sometimes you because people will post things on social media. It's like they're really not doing well. The, the invitation. But, and they haven't come to us. Haven't told us. And they may not even know if you've seen it, or maybe they assume you see it. Right. You know. But uh, you know. So that's something. Let me ask you this, Brian. Do you? I th- there are ways in, as far as we're talking about really shepherding here and engaging with people and allowing them to open up so some of this we talked about so the circumstances of this might be you know you've seen it they're they're on uh, it's on their face you see it on sunday in hospitality maybe you're at their home uh, they're in your home something is said sometimes a code like you know like the old prisoner of war blinking sos in the in the movie right. in the in the video that sent out do you do you do you set up any time of regular shepherding type visit uh with your people once a year twice a year where you're in their homes and get getting a cup of coffee with them and just having a time where you just say yeah it's, it's like a spiritual checkup where you might say hey you know we don't get to see each yeah. other as much on on Sunday just wanted to Get some time to catch up, see how things are going, and how are things with the kids? And yeah. you know, you'd mentioned some months ago the stress at work, and I just wanted to to see how you're you're holding up, how I can pray for you.
0: Yeah, I, and I know you guys as a as an elder group do do something similar. We're committed to that. to that. Yeah, so I don't do it in that way, but here's my system and how I've kind of checking in with people is is I, I pray for every member on a list every month. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, it's my way of kind of asking those mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. So instead of me kind of having a year planned out where I just, I'm, I'm with everybody a certain amount of time, um, I allow that monthly check to kind of say, who do I need to prioritize with this? Mm. Um, so what ends up happening is I usually end up in some way doing what you're talking about in a year's time. Mm. But doing it by a month allows me to potentially you know my time just needs to be given more here uh, continuously than maybe here based on what things that are happening. So my goal is that in a year's time, I'm able to accomplish that, but I may, because we, and we have less members than you do. So I'm able, if we had double the members, I think this would be a lot more difficult to do it this way.
1: Do you and your elders try to get around on a, on a given Lord's day to, to, to see as many people as you can, just to do the
0: quick yeah, we'd great to see uh, how you doing. How was your week? We do try. As a Matter of fact, we meet. Uh, when we meet, we take the list out, and we kind of go through yeah. who did you check in with right. today, you talk or who did you check in, you? in the last two weeks, or whatever. And and so we do that as a group. And Sunday's obviously a big part of that, but Sunday's not the only part of that. Right, we may right. Be, that's what I'm, yeah, so. So we will take, but so the, so for us, still, it's on a monthly basis. But we're talking seventy members, and you've got you've got. Uh, you know, three three pastors that can that can provide this up. It's it's doable. But you fairly regularly check
1: with folks. Just send a quick text. Hey, prayed for you today. Just wanted yeah. to see how you're doing. You yeah. looked a, you looked a little burdened Sunday here for you. Anytime you need to talk.
0: Yeah, and that's why I do it by month. Is that you know I, I'm I pray for everybody and then I reach out in some way to them as the plan every month. And even just sending a text like that, you just never know what you're going to get back from folks. Yeah. And doing that every month, it may not be that month, but it's the next month where right. they go. So I find that that's the way I've wanted to do it because it allows me to stay on top of pastoral issues. When if I met, you know, if I plan once a year or twice a year to go sit down, I that they'll appreciate the check in. It's what you do, and it's great. Um, but I feel like the way I'm able to do it, since we have less people, sure, is it allows me to stay on top of the more recent pastoral yeah. issues. I,
1: it's, that's I think so. it's organic, and some, yeah. you know, sometimes.
0: So Mark, let's turn the conversation, Jim, to this. So we've we've talked a lot about how pastors can try to facilitate this mm-hmm. in their relation in our relationship with our people but how does that then you know transfer to members relationship with each other and i would say i'll start this by saying that doesn't happen most of the time without the pastors doing the work with other members mm-hmm. we set the tone for that but let's say we're trying to do that and we're facilitating that how do we encourage this to happen in the relationship of members to each other how would you explain that
1: yeah, so we're really getting into this issue. A lot of people want to talk about this is body life or community or, yeah. you know, so that you're not just um, uh, 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 sh- shared consumers on Sunday consuming the same doctrine from the pulpit. Right. But that this is the body. And, and the Bible assumes that there's communication between the body parts. The, the Bible assumes that we're involved in the work of edifying and building up each other. And then you even have... You know, passages like uh, you know James five sixteen about confessing your sins, or some translations your faults one to another and praying for one another, and so you're seeking that uh, with each other. So how do you do that? Uh, well, I mean, some of it is you you're limited in what you can do. I mean, you can lead the horse to water. But you you can lead the horse to water. So we we're talking about leading the horse to water. They have to drink. They have to be, you know, so we can... But you can lead the horse to we the water. But can, we can do that. Yeah. And so when you preach about or demonstrate things like hospitality, because a lot of this isn't necessarily going to take place. That kind of dialogue is not going to take place. Providing opportunities where relationships can happen and where they can thrive. And we've talked a little bit about yeah, this we in the have, past in some yeah. previous... And whether that's getting a group of people together. So sometimes strategically uh, with uh, our own hospitality in the home, we're going to ask this family and we're going to ask that family because we think we've never seen these two families in Iraq. We think they would really be a help to each other. I've been with them enough and, and been with that other family enough that I think if we can connect them. And so rather than saying to one of them, Hey, why don't you invite them over? So you invite both of them over and they spend a Lord's day afternoon and find that relation and, and then make it the kind of, of situation you're not where everybody's going to start talking about their deepest, darkest secrets, but that you express a little bit of your own openness of, Hey, this has been a hard time. I've been really struggling with this. How about y'all? How have you been handling yeah. And again, as we record this, we're in the midst of uh, the political season, the race tensions and the COVID yeah. Uh, fun and how churches are responding with that, yeah. and, and 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 the burdens on pastors, and so there's an open opportunity. Everybody's got their thoughts. Everybody's rest. I mean, some people are. There are some people who feel very certain one side or the other, but but I think a lot of people are in the middle, they're wrestling, they're frustrated, they're hurting. Yeah, right. and, and by just having a place, again, where you can begin and facilitate some of that dialogue one with another, I think is, is helpful. I think preaching uh, on these matters... Uh, making certain uh, things available to God's people, certain books that focus on. Jerry Bridges has a book on cultivating fellowship or koinonia among God's people. Uh, Using that in Bible studies uh, might be helpful. That's that's horse leading to water. Yeah. But then people have to learn to, I am going to open my own home. I am going to open my mouth. I am going to take a risk. I'm going to risk being hurt. Yeah by loving this person and sharing my own
0: struggles. Yeah, that's good. Struggles. I would add that uh, people who want, people want that kind of connection, but oftentimes there's things that have just caused people to close up and, and be hurt in the past so they don't want to open up again. So one of the things i found to facilitate this to members between members is target the members who seem to understand this mm. and do it well. Mm. And maybe you've experienced as the pastor – connecting with somebody yeah. and i found a lot of times somebody who's able to connect with you in an empathetic way is able to go do that with somebody else so i i target those people to say hey why don't you go connect with this person mm-hmm. or so similar to what you're saying we we become the facilitators to connect people and i think what you suggested is a great is a great idea but i, I would also throw out there like it just as an individual just to encourage them as part of their discipleship say hey you know, I've connected well in you, with you in this way. And I would encourage you to, why don't you go try to find this, who's maybe having trouble doing this. Maybe mm. you can be the one to try to sh- help them and connect with them in that way. Yeah. And, and again, it goes back to that, be inviting to them. Right. That would invite them in. And so I think that's another key component. That's a bit more of an organic way to do it. So there's groups of way to do it, like you were talking about, like having people over, facilitating that. But I think the one-on-one display part of the one-on-one discipleship and maturing of the congregation is that's part of what we're doing when we're shepherding individuals and then to push them to go and try to connect with with other people. I think one of the best things we can do is to help our people figure out how to be safe for other people. And one of the ways I have found that we become unsafe to each other is when we give advice unsolicited and that becomes that becomes the thing that really divides people. So instead of people going and just listening to someone else in conversation, then we think we're supposed to just give our opinion about what they're talking about. Hmm. And so that would be the that would be the one just really practical thing I would say, how do you want to how do you train your people to be inviting and not intrusive but welcoming? is just go and sit and listen and don't mm. give advice to anybody mm. about their situation unless they ask you. What a novel idea. And by the way, pastors is a good way to function in that way too with pastors is I know we're typically asked to give advice this is this was light, this is ministry transforming for me when years ago when I realized that everybody doesn't want to know what I think about their situation mm. and to let people ask you before you give it. Otherwise, mm. just sit, listen, mm. be empathetic. I think that is a great way to good. create safety. Any final word, Jim, from you?
1: Yeah, I think we get back to you have not because you ask not, and we we had discussed a previous podcast about the necessity of prayer. I think this is a good gift, and so we ought to ask God to give this good gift and, and make it a matter of prayer. Ask the Lord to open the doors and and then be open and receptive but if, if you have a loving heart, if, if you have a desire to serve people, that's, that's, it, they're going to come to you. Uh, yeah, uh, people People right. are, drawn, are, are drawn to that. And, and so the more you cultivate and the more you ask God to help you to, to love those people, the more you're open yourself, the more you're going to find that you're, you're going to be able to shepherd people in this way.
0: The beautiful thing is that Jesus has modeled the example of how to love people and how to be, and just trying to pursue that mm-hmm. by the power of the Spirit and by His grace. Like you said, you will become a person that, that will be inviting to others. Let yeah. me let me take a minute and pray for all of us in, to that end. Lord, would you just help us to, to be like Jesus, uh, to empower us to walk with Him, and to follow His example, and to love others that way. And through that, Lord, would you, we pray that this this kind of culture of vulnerability and honesty and openness and safety would take place in our churches. We recognize many pastors have been hurt. Church members have been hurt by each other by other pastors. We recognize all that brokenness exists in the world and in our churches. So Lord, would you cut through that through the power of your gospel and the power of your grace to be at work and to help us to connect with one another better? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.